I don't remember what I did for the last one. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember which song I did for the last one, but it's Vertigo Voices. I think was how it went. <laughs> welcome back. <laughs> All right, welcome to another Vertigo Voices. Today we are doing a commentary for the film Lost Boys. Excuse me, The Lost Boys. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, stickler for uh, proper titles. Here we are. No. <laughs> so watching the Lost Boys, uh, I've got the Blu-ray in on the fucking worst title screen menu I've ever seen in my life, and we're about to hit play on the movie. So ready, three, two, one, play. Yes, okay, good play. Um, and now I've got to do a title pop-up just to make sure that the subtitles are on because, again, this is probably the worst uh, disc menu I've ever seen in my life. So, <laughs> which fits this goddamn movie for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel confident in saying that I think we're about to watch a good movie. It's only our third one, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it's probably better than the others. Um, I, I, uh, acknowledge that this film is kind of a modern classic. I'm not modern, it's from the 80s, whatever. It's a classic and, like, a cult favorite, and I get that. It's just, I've never been big on it. Well, when was the last time you watched it? The first time I watched it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and also, you disclosed to me that at the same time, yeah. around the same time you saw this. Hey, it's, it's us. Have you, seen, have you seen the movie Us? Yes, I have. They comment about this. Do they? Movie. Yeah. The beginning of that movie uh, takes place in the same area at the same time. And the Lupita Nyong'o's mom says something like, like, oh, yeah, I heard they're filming a movie over at the carousel. Oh, <laughs> and that's the movie. Ha! Huh. Um, I did not put two and two together on that one. Yeah. So anyway, I first saw this movie when I was in college, probably like 2003 or so. I watched it, I believe, the same weekend that I watched the movie Near Dark, uh, which is a Catherine Bigelow 1980s vampire movie with a fucking amazing cast, uh, including Lance Henriksen and Bill Paxton and Jeanette Goldstein, Adrian Pastor. And so anyway, I watched both of these movies at the same time, like one weekend, I had like an 80s vampire day or something, and... Near Dark is so much better than this movie <laughs> that it just blew me away. Like, Near, Near Dark I thought was fucking amazing. So because of that, Lost Boys just kind of got swept aside and whatever. It was, it was fine, but it wasn't for me. Well, I think I could be wrong about this, but I think they came out the same year, didn't they? I have no idea. <laughs> what year did this come out? I think I just brought it up. Let's I want to say 88 or 89? 87. 87. Excuse me. Yeah, I, I think they came out like the same year and uh, The Lost Boys came out a little earlier. Don't surprise me. All right, Near Dark came out in 87. 80, okay, Near Dark was October 2nd of 87. That's a good time for a vampire movie. It is. Good release date. Let's see. God damn it. Bear with <laughs> Lost us. Lost Boys. Can't cut any of this out because uh, it has to sync up with the movie. <laughs> <laughs> October 2nd, 87, and this was July 31st, 87. Yeah. So this was a big summer movie. It was, it was. Directed by Joel Schumacher, Batman Forever fame. <laughs> he just recently passed away this year. 
He did. Another sad loss of 2020. And I think, just to start this out, I think uh, as much fun as it is to talk about how bad um, Batman and Robin is and whatnot, I feel like Joel Schumacher got uh, an unfair backlash because of that. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, those movies objectively aren't great, but I... I get it. (laughs) I understand why they were made the way that they were. I, uh, he was in a terrible position (laughs) of just having, you know, a a constant studio oversight and supervision and, you know, having eight people telling him to do stuff differently. And, Oh, uh, in the last uh, act of the movie, Batman has to get a new costume and a new vehicle and all this. And like, Oh, okay. Well, that doesn't make any sense in terms of the narrative. It doesn't matter. We need to sell toys to fucking do it. Yes, exactly. We need a shot on the Bat credit card. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I I get it. Have you ever seen the the commentary? Have you ever seen Batman and Robin with commentary? I have not. It's a really good commentary um, because he spends the whole time just kind of explaining the situation. He was like, look, man, I I get it if you don't like this movie. And he he goes, "If if you like this movie, like if you're a fan, look at the end credits and look at all those people that worked on this movie. And if you liked this movie, you can thank all of them for it. Like, they worked their asses off and they made this movie what it is. He goes, if you don't like this movie, look at my name and blame me for it. And that's the thing. It's like, you... I mean, he gets so much flack about that. And he actually apologized for making yeah, the movie. Yeah, in the commentary he does. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, you know, whatever. The movie is what it is. I think he's still a class act. And... uh a good director overall. He's he's done a lot of good stuff. Have you ever seen the movie Tigerland? Great movie. Yeah, yeah. and like a really gritty, like uh, uh, low budget war movie. Like the characters didn't, don't even wear makeup in that movie. You know, it's right. just it's all very natural, natural lit, and all that. And you compare that to Batman and Robin, and you know, it's just a very different vibe. So he he was a filmmaker with a lot of range, and it's too bad that for whole generation he's known as the Batman and Robin guy. Right. Well, and I think this was his fourth movie. Was it? Yeah. I, I don't know. St. Elmo's Fire must have mm-hmm. come before this. Hey, Richard Donner. <laughs> yeah, Richard Donner was actually supposed to direct it. Really? Yeah. Um, but he stayed on as producer. And to go back to what you said about <laughs> Near Dark, also mm-hmm. a wonderful film that I love, but I feel like even though they're both vampire movies and they both came out the same year, they're different movies. Oh, they're absolutely, they're very different. But again, watching them back to back, 80s vampire movies, there's no way to not compare them. <laughs> well, I think it depends on what, you, what you're in the mood for. Yeah. Like Near Dark is, it's a Western kind of, and yeah. it has feelings of romanticism yeah. and sensualism and... The Lost Boys is campy. It's sexy. This one's it's... all about Corey Haim and moose. <laughs> Tall <laughs> Look at hair. Look at that goddamn moosed up hair. It's crunchy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Diane Weist. Weist or Weist? I think it's Weist. She's the eternal mother. Like, yeah, I think exactly. Even when she was 16 years old, she was probably like... Well, look at her now. She looks like she's about 20 in this. <laughs> she does. I think she just won an Academy Award right before this? I don't know. I think, well, I only bring it up because uh, 
Joel Schumacher said that he didn't want anyone else to play the mom but her. <laughs> but she had just won an Academy Award, I think, for like Hannah and her sisters or something like that. And he was like, oh, she's going to say no. And she was immediately <laughs> like, yeah, I'll do it. Sure. <laughs> Doing a fucking vampire movie. Wasn't she in Parenthood? I want to say yes. Did you ever see that movie with Steve Martin? It's been a long time. I saw that movie when I was like way too young to see it because it's like a it's like a dramedy and it's like a kind of a dark look at uh, like suburban families. And I saw it when I was really young, and I just like just the humor stuck out to it, <laughs> like for me or whatever. Like, and I just I thought it was fucking hilarious, but it's not really like I mean it it is a funny movie, but it's not. Not something that kids should watch. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not a child film, huh? 1989, filmed by Ron Howard. Are you in it, Diane? Maybe not. Yeah, Diane Weist. There, there she is. Weist Weist. I'm just going to call her Weist Weist. Weist Weist, okay. Uh, Keanu Reeves is in that, too. Really? Yeah, it's got a really good cast. Mary Steenburgen, Steve Martin, uh, Jason Robards, Rick Moranis, Tom oh, Hulse, wow. Martha Plimpton. Joaquin Phoenix? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a little kid that was, like, obsessed with pornography. (laughs) (laughs) I need to rewatch this, apparently. Yeah, Yeah, a really good movie. I just, I would probably like it a hell of a lot more now than when I was a kid. I mean, $126 million at the box office. Wow. On a $20 million budget. That would be good today. Go Parenthood. I didn't know. Wow, that's insane. Huh. Made their budget back and then some. So anyway, The Lost Boys. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just I don't have much to say about this movie. Again, like I haven't watched it since I it was new. I mean, not when it was new. Fuck, I haven't watched it since the first time I saw it. <laughs> new to you, <laughs> yeah. And I was going to rewatch it this week, but I wanted to. I wanted to watch it before I. Re- I don't know. Whatever. I just didn't. But you know what I did watch this week? What did you watch? Near Dark. <laughs> <laughs> of course you did. That's right. I just happened to find a DVD copy of Near Dark used at uh, a store around here, Entertainmart, and uh, snatched it up and then rewatched it because I haven't, I haven't also watched it since I watched both of them together. So now, unfortunately, my view of this movie this time will be tainted by Near Dark again. <laughs> it is not as good as Near Dark. <laughs> well, it's not. <laughs> Oh, here it comes. Here comes the sexy sax man. Oh, pectoral sax man. Absolutely. You know, um, he actually, uh, in the comic book we're going to read mm-hmm. that's the sequel to this, he has his own issue dedicated yeah. just to him. There he is. Look at that. <laughs> Shake it. Look at that fucking guy. You just know. Glistening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it takes a lot of you know lung capacity to dance He's like that. not playing shit. <laughs> He, pre- he didn't know what a saxophone is before they handed it to him. <laughs> they handed him a sax and a bottle big, of baby oil. Big greased up meathead. <laughs> Threw a saxophone out. Put, put your lips on this end and shake your ass. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> See, now it's... I, I love this movie and I love the soundtrack. However, you know, it kind of makes me a little bit glad that we were just born in the 80s and we didn't have to be like teenagers through that time. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when there was the, although I don't know what your junior high was like, but there was a lot of crunchy moose bangs in my class. Yeah, probably. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. But that's the thing. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I mean, 
kids in 20 years are going to look back at what we looked like in high school and think we looked fucking ridiculous. So. Oh, because we did. Yeah, I mean, but it just, it's, that's, that's always going to be the case. If we lived through the 80s, if we were teens in the 80s, we wouldn't think anything about it. Although the mullet is starting to make a comeback. Fuck that. I know, right? That's another thing about this movie is I can't look at Kiefer Sutherland. Like, he's supposed to be, like, seductive and just the coolest fucking thing imaginable. And I can't look past the mullet. <laughs> I see that blonde mullet with the moosed up sides, and I'm like, no, that's not, that's not, not cool. That's not cool. I don't, I don't care how attractive his eyes are. Like, <laughs> well, on that note, good sir, I must disagree with you because I feel like Kiefer Sutherland, no offense to all, all the male gender out there, but I feel like Kiefer Sutherland is the only man on the face of the earth who can sport a bleach blonde mullet. And I'm like, yeah, he, he looks great. He looks totally sexy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's a, I'm sure that's a, a large contingent of the world that would agree with you. Uh, it's just, look at that. <laughs> Fucking greased up rat tail. Well, it's not a rat tail. Whatever. It looks, it's weird. I don't like it. But he's the only one. Like I've had, I've had conversations with other women about this, and they're like, "Oh, but like a young Billy Ray Cyrus." I'm like, "No, no, not at all." <laughs> so, oh, um, help me with this actor's name. Herman. Herman. Bernard Herman. I want you to say. I don't think it's Bernard. He was on Gilmore Girls. He was. He's yeah, the he... dad, like the grandfather on Gilmore Girls. <clears throat> Let's yeah. see. Edward Herman. Oh, Edward. Herman. Herman. He's me. Oh, but yeah, wasn't he the granddad on Gilmore Girls? Yes. I just said that. Okay. <laughs> oh, no, I got I got Bernard Hughes as grandpa. And oh. Next up. Yeah, yeah. Pardon me. Burn it. Burn it. Yes. Uh, he was saying that uh, when he got offered the role for this, he immediately took it because he was like, I was so tired of always wearing a suit in a historical movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's got that, he's got one of those voices. To me, he's always going to be the... The Ford truck sp- uh, spokesman, was it that? Was it Ford? Was he? Or was it Dodge? It was one of those. He was the oh the voice of... Uh, voice work. Okay, let's see. Dodge. Dodge commercials from 1992 to 2001. Huh. Yeah. Learned something new about you, Edward. I just I, His voice is so connected to those commercials for me that I can't look at him and not think of them. Well, he does have a very distinctive voice. I didn't realize he died. He died in 2014 of brain cancer. Brain cancer? Yeah. Aye, aye, aye. 71. He's younger than I thought he'd be. I thought he was like 70 in this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think he he just has one of those faces that like he was, even as a little boy, he probably looked like he was 40. Yeah, probably. You know? <laughs> just, oh, he's in oh, St. Elsewhere. I saw St. and I thought it said St. Almost Fire. St. Elsewhere. TV show. Never saw that one. I, I just remember it being on when I was a kid. <laughs> I think Howie Mandel was on it. It was like a medical drama. Oh. It's going to be a lot of deviations in this episode because, <laughs> again, I just don't have much to say. Ed Bakley Jr. was the star of St. Elsewhere. Yeah. An early version of ER? Yeah, basically. So it was Ed Flanders, David Burney, G.W. Bailey, Ed Bakley Jr., Terrence Knox, Howie Mandel, David Morse, he's a good actor. Oh, yeah. Christina Pickles, Kavi Raz, Cynthia Silk, or Sykes, excuse me, Denzel Washington. Hello, come right in. All right. Um, <laughs> William Daniels, Barbara Winnery, Norman Lloyd, Ellen Bry, Mark Harmon. Mark, the Mark Harmon? The Mark Harmon. 
Um, Eric Lonneville, Kim Maiori, Nancy Stafford, Stephen oh. First, Bonnie Bartlett, Bruce Greenwood. What? He played a character named Seth Griffin. Oh my god. That's the kid from Family Guy. That's yeah. That's uh, <laughs> Cindy Pickett, Ronnie Cox. Look at that. Ronnie Cox was on it. Uh, he's still alive. He was in The Car too, and the original The Car. Um, <laughs> Sagan Lewis, <laughs> France, Nguyen. Nguyen? Nguyen? I don't know. The name looks familiar. Uh, Jennifer Savage and Byron Stewart. So that's the entire cast of Staying Elsewhere. <laughs> yeah. Which you can tell Colby is more interested in <laughs> than the movie we're currently watching. <laughs> oh. It's fine. Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> Get to the vampires. <laughs> See, even when you sound fine about stuff, you don't sound fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> no, really? It's okay? No. Um. Everyone in this movie, though, is, well, obviously, like, uh, super young. I think, yeah. I think Kiefer Sutherland was the oldest, and he was, like... 40. <laughs> he's, he's one of those guys that, like, I can never pin down his age. That's like, true. I feel like he's always been somewhere between 25 and 45. <laughs> his whole life. And I can't tell if he's, you know, Jack Bauer or this guy, whatever this vampire dude's name is. David. David. <laughs> when he's David. <laughs> Oh, we're actually going to come to the vampire part now. You'll appreciate this. One of the things uh, that Schumacher... Oh, look at that. It's the same uh, rig that they used in Swamp Thing. They tore the lid off of it. The car. (laughs) Really? Oh, I mean, it looks the same. It's the same effect. (laughs) Um, That dude looks familiar. He's about to get eaten. (laughs) What is his name? Ooh, Tim Capello played the saxophone player. <laughs> Minter. Um, oh, you know what? I'm gonna look on. Good idea. He looks so that the guy that just got killed. I think it's the first dude. Oh, the boyfriend of Sarah Connor's roommate in Terminator. Oh, <laughs> it looked like him. It does, kinda. Yeah. I wonder. <laughs> so let's go down another little rabbit hole. <laughs> We're about to find out. <laughs> Tell us, internet. Uh, if if that is the case, then the poor guy is like he he gets. <laughs> I saw him in something just the other day too. So his name is Rick Rosovich. Oh, he was in Streets of Fire. I just watched that a few weeks ago. Oh, it's my world after all. Top Gun doesn't wait. Doesn't look like he was in this. Damn! I just that, some other meathead that looks like. <laughs> they could be brothers. Apparently, this comic shop is, is, is still open and still oh. exists. Not in its original location, but it's still around. So who plays the other Frog Brother? Um, Jamie Newlander, I want to say. No, not Jamie. Jameson. Jameson. Jameson Newlander. Yes, Jamie Gertz is star. So I keep switching names around. Did he come back for the sequels? I don't know. So I haven't seen the sequels. Um, because it doesn't look like it. He was in Bone Tomahawk. Holy God. Oh, he was the mayor. Yeah. That's hilarious. The, the mayor that, uh, what's her name, uh, Sean Young keeps talking over. Oh, he was in the sequels. Well, okay. he was in the first one, but his scenes got deleted. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. That sucks. But then he was in the, the second sequel. Good. Yeah, 
Yeah, why would you why would you do that to the other frog brother? So this movie, one thing about this movie, it's got a lot of sequels. That like a lot of like a weird disconnected continuity thread of sequels, because there was the two films, the Lost Boys, and then the two sequels, The Tribe and The Thirst, I think. I don't know what order those come in, because those are just generic-ass titles. (laughs) (laughs) I think The Tribe is the second one. The Tribe and The Thirst. Uh, And then there's been multiple comic adaptations, follow-ups, sequels. uh, One of them from Vertigo, like we've mentioned. And then there's been some from, like I think, Wildstorm... There's one called The Frog Brothers. Wow. Comic books. Comic books. The four-issue comics called Reign of Frogs, (laughs) which was by uh, Wildstorm. So it's actually in continuity set between Lost Boys and The Tribe. Second series, simply called Lost Boys, My Vertigo. Oh, okay. So there's only two. I thought there were more. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't watched the sequels yet, and I'm kind of reluctant to do so. I can't imagine they're any good. Yeah. I feel like, wasn't Corey Haim in one of them, like, really, really briefly? Like, he had, like, a post credit scene or something? I think in yeah. The Tribe, yeah. yeah. There we go. It says it during closing credits in the cast list. Oh, boy. <laughs> and I think that's something that um, uh, Corey Feldman said that I just disagree with when he was talking about the sequels. He was like, oh, yeah. They did a great job of drawing the connection between uh, where we are now, like with the tribe and whatnot, and in the comic books. And I always dislike that because it's like, no, 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 no. Someone shouldn't have to go off yeah. and do homework in yeah, order exactly. for your movie to make sense. Yeah. Like, like the last episode, we spent some time rambling about uh, Star Wars. I don't <laughs> know if I'll leave that in or not. We'll see. Um, but there's a part where we talked about Rise of Skywalker. And, you know, the opening of Rise of Skywalker, how there's... Kylo Ren going onto that planet and finding that thing. Right. And it's just like, you, there's a red planet, he's cutting guys down, and he picks up this thing. What is that? Where are we? Who are these people? What's going on? You have to read the visual, visual dictionary to find all that out. Oh, boo. The planet that he's on is Mustafar, the planet that Vader got cut up on oh. in the prequels. Uh. It's also the planet in uh, Rogue One that Vader has his castle. Really? And the place that that Kylo Ren is at is literally the the destroyed remains of Vader's castle. Huh. <laughs> I didn't pick that up. Yeah, well, again, because it's not in the fucking movie. <laughs> you have to literally read a dictionary about the movie to figure out that that's where that is. And those guys that he's killing are like like acolytes of some ancient religion that tried to like plant trees on Mustafar or something, which is why there's trees in that scene. <laughs> So he hates conservationists. <laughs> I know, whatever. It's just like it's, you know, it's dumb. But anyway, that's again tying back to what you're saying. Yeah, you shouldn't shouldn't have to to read a comic to understand the movie that's the sequel to another movie. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I understand synergy and making everything kind of tie in together, but that's that's not the way to do it. No, no, it just becomes laborious and convoluted. James Cameron once said that you should never have to see. An original movie to enjoy the sequel. I agree with that. I do to an, to an extent, extent yeah. because I, I think I think you I mean a sequel has to be informed by the original to some on some level. Mm-hmm. Even your Terminator 2, which is what he's referring to. 
That movie is plenty enjoyable on its own, but it's much more enjoyable when you know the history of the characters after seeing the first movie. Good point, yeah. But actually, I think Terminator 2 I did watch first, and then I went back and, and saw the first one. And uh, like you said, it's more enjoyable when you know the backstory, but uh, yeah, depending on the filmmaker and how they do it, sometimes you get a sequel that really just stands on its own. Yeah. I watched both. In the, I remember the like when one weekend when I was in high school or middle school maybe, my friend Matt came over. We had a sleepover and watched both Terminator movies. Ooh. <laughs> Good stuff. We had Alex Winter there. <laughs> That's a guy who's had an interesting career. That's a fucking terrible mullet. That doesn't look real. It doesn't. It looks like a clip-on hair extension in the back. Because he's got that nice curly hair and then just straight. Right. <laughs> it's like these half-assed Rapunzel locks. Which, where are these vampires, you know, living in a hovel on the desert or on the beach? Where are they getting all their hair product? <laughs> well, you know, part of the thing about being... Undead is there's a lot of maintenance, I guess. <laughs> it's the 80s. They will find a way. It's another thing, that little kid. Is that a kid vampire? He is, okay. yeah. I don't remember. But anyway, both uh, both movies, uh, this and Near Dark, have kid vampires. They do. They do. What was the kid's vampire? Homer. Name? Homer. That's right, Homer. Homer. That's H-O-M-E-R. <laughs> and to be fair, Homer leaves a much larger impression than yeah. this... The boy does. The scene where he, like, when he's running after the girl at the end and he gets burnt up at the end of Near Dark. Like, that's, that still looks really fucking good. <laughs> yeah, the effects in that movie are great. Um, I feel like I want to harken back real quick to when we were doing our commentary for Jonah Hex, um, I kept saying, why is it so dark? And mm-hmm. I should expound on that. What I meant was, is I really hate night shots where you can't tell what's going on and obviously this is a vampire movie so pretty much all the action scenes take place at night and it's so well lit that you can you know who's who you know what's happening (coughs) I was going to bring that up during the car scene when the lid gets ripped off that car (coughs) but I got distracted because that was so similar to Swamp Thing (laughs) but uh, uh, Joel Schumacher is really good at lighting he is. Uh, like, have you ever seen Flatliners? Yes. It's got some great, weird, moody, like, noirish lighting. Like, you know, shafts of, of like, orange light through blinds. And reminds me of Blade Runner a lot. I didn't think about that comparison. And you see a lot of that in this, too. There's a lot of, like, uh, really intense red lighting, like, specifically in that car scene. <laughs> True. And then, uh, there's yeah, like, the, the night scenes are lit very moodily. And it doesn't, it doesn't look even remotely realistic for night, but it looks very evocative and very uh, um, sets the tone, you know? Yes, yeah. Whoa, Rob Lowe. <laughs> Rob Lowe cameo. I forgot he's got that sexy Rob Lowe picture <laughs> on the wall. And I just love how, like, they, the, how actors and actresses pose for those glamour shots. Mm-hmm. Like, behold my abs, you know. <laughs> mm, Chinese food. Fuck, I'm hungry. Mm. <laughs> Chinese food does sound good. You notice how Chinese food doesn't really come in those cartons anymore? No, it doesn't. It's, it's always just mostly in like styrofoam containers like any fucking food court. Right. Like a common fucking... <laughs> it's disappointing. Out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I, I like those containers where you can, you know, you have the, the 
chopsticks. <laughs> well, yeah, they're, they're, they're their own bowls. You just go to town. Maggots, Michael. You're eating maggots. Oh, this scene grossed me out. Have you ever younger. seen Have you ever seen What We Do in the Shadows, the movie? Yes. <laughs> There's that joke about that. Like, are you enjoying your paschetti? <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah, it's fine. Are you sure you're enjoying your paschetti? Because it's actually worms. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. I just now realized that was a reference to this movie. <laughs> there you go. See? Influencing later generations. <laughs> Oh, why don't you try some noodles? <gasps> They're worms! <laughs> like, Jason Patrick here, too, like, he's, I think he was 18 when they made this, and he looks about 25. Yeah, he looks pretty old. Uh, he's another actor that I can never pin the age on. There you go. He's got a hell of a jaw, too. Even now, he's still got a pretty strong jaw. <laughs> Crack walnuts with that thing. <clears throat> he was, <clears throat> I keep coughing. God. I it just dawned on me I can't cut any of these coughs out because the movie has to sink, so. Uh. <laughs> he doesn't have the vid, it's okay. <laughs> but uh, he was, I always try to connect actors to comic book movie roles, but he was uh, in the pilot for the show Powers, which is based on the, the comic book by Brian Michael Vendis. They're cops that are, like, they're cops in a world of superheroes and shit. And oh. he works the powers division, which is uh, the, the cops that have to deal with superheroes. And he was in the pilot for that show in, like, 2010. And I remember seeing pictures of him as the main character, Christian Walker. And then that pilot got scrapped. <laughs> and, like, five years later, it was refilmed with Charlotte Copley as the main character. Did anything ever come of it? Yeah, it had two seasons on PlayStation Network. I have the first season right there. <laughs> <laughs> on the shelf? Wait, yeah, right there. Wait, yeah, right there. Oh, oh there it is. There. I see it. Okay. Season two is out, but I don't know. It's fine. It's really low budget, like painfully low budget. But it's got a really good cast. Michelle Forbes is in it. And uh, Noah Taylor. Noah Taylor. I should know that name. He's been in a lot of stuff. He sounds familiar. He's an Aust- I think he's Australian. He, he like he was in a couple seasons of Game of Thrones. Oh. He was in this movie called Max, where he plays Adolf Hitler. He was also in Preacher, where he played Adolf Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> he just has that face. <laughs> that reminds me that like we should watch Preacher. No, Noah. Oh, I spelled it wrong. <laughs> Oops. That would be fun. Watching Preacher would be fun. Taylor. There he is. That's a weird picture of him. Doesn't really... Not a very good picture. Oh, yeah, he played Mr. Bucket in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the new one. Oh. He does kind of... I, with, I can see the stash, like the little Hitler stash there. <laughs> he played... Uh, started as Adolf Hitler in Max and Preacher, implying that those are connected. <laughs> <laughs> and they are not. <laughs> not at all, but they could be, I guess. Oh, yeah, he's in Tomb Raider, Vanilla Sky... Tomb Raider 2, Life Aquatic. I remember that. The Proposition, that's right. He's got a really tiny role in The Proposition. I just watched that a couple weeks ago. Lawless, didn't know he was in that. Edge of Tomorrow, that was good. Predestination, that's also really good. When Predestination came out, it's like a time travel movie with um, Ethan Hawke. And the cover of it is like him with a revolver. And it looks like this action-y time travel movie. 
And I, I remember I didn't really hear anything about it. And then like probably three or four years ago, I watched it on Amazon Prime. I'm like, holy shit. Like this is like a really deep, like meditative look at uh, like life as a transgender person. <laughs> and, like it, time travel is a big part of it, but like it's way deeper than that. Like I was not expecting that. It was a really fucking good movie. <laughs> okay. I might have to put that one on the list. Predestination. Lost Boys, was that good lighting we were talking about? (laughs) (laughs) He just said, come with us, Michael. All I can hear is Joe Bluth. (laughs) (laughs) And his name gets said so much in this movie. I think, like... Whose name? Michael. Michael. Like, everyone was like, Michael, 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 Michael. (laughs) They're going to say David, because he's the one I didn't know the name of. (laughs) Yeah, it's all good. (laughs) Yeah, I think some of the Lost Boys don't even get called by their name in this, but, like, everyone's shouting at Michael. Does, does, uh... Bill from Bill and Ted even have a name? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, Marco. Oh. Marco. Yes. Um, funny thing about the lighting, though, and the uh, camera work, um, Joel Schumacher, they got Michael uh, Chaplin do, to do this. Hmm. And uh, that's another, like, if you watch the interview, it's, again, really funny because Joel Schumacher was like, he's not going to want to do a vampire movie. And Michael Chaplin is like, are you kidding? I love horror movies. I like, he's like, I've always wanted to do a vampire movie. All I want to do is vampire movies. <laughs> well, he's, he wants to do a werewolf movie too, but that hasn't happened. I don't even know if he's still alive. What's his name? Michael Chaplin. Chapman? Chapman, excuse me. Goodness gracious. Nope. He died just a few weeks ago. Oh my God. Jesus. <laughs> oh man. September 20th, 2020. Oh. Be damned. The bad news keeps on coming. Oh, but no, he did um, Taxi Driver and Raging oh, okay. Bull. Looks like his last movie was Bridge to Terabithia. Oh, poor guy. Did he do any vampire? I mean, did he do any werewolf movies? I don't think he ever got to do his werewolf movie. He wanted to. I can't think of too many werewolf movies over the last 15, 20 years. Me neither. But if he got to do it, I bet you it would have looked really good. He did The Wanderers. Wanderers, the Wanderers. Oh, I think I've seen that. Karen, oh. <laughs> it <Maybe>. doesn't matter. <laughs> Not going to go down that matter. rabbit hole. <clears throat> yeah, he has an extensive, an extensive resume. Screaming, <laughs> like you do. So when Near Dark was re-released on Blu-ray in like 2012 or 13 or something, they really played up the the romantic angles of it to the point where they tried to make it look like a Twilight movie. Oh, <laughs> no. And no. it's hilarious to see. Let me see. Near Dark Blu-ray. Look up the Near Dark Blu-ray uh, cover. Because it's hilarious if you've seen the movie, you know what it's about. Because the cover makes it literally look like it's just another Twilight movie. Hey, <laughs> yay! Look at that. Oh, uh, oh my gosh. Hey, that's pretty cheap. It's only seventy dollars on this site. Oh, only seventy dollars. Oh, that's used. You get it brand new for one hundred and forty-seven. Oh Jesus! <laughs> wow. I wonder. I wonder why it's so. That's the edition I have. Oh, that's 54 cool. Fifty-four used. I got it for fourteen. Good find. There it is for 262 Wow. Yeah. Like, why? Why? Because why? that print. Wow. I don't know why. It had just a really limited print run. 
the original uh, edition, like that one that I have, was released in like 2002 or something, quickly out of print, and then 10 years later they released it on DVD and Blu-ray again with that god-awful poster or cover, and then uh, and then it, I don't know, what had a, again a limited print run and then it was gone. Oh, bring it back, bring it back. It's a really cool fucking cover, why can't I have that one? <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't know, that's a different country. Huh. <clears throat> uh, yeah, well, and that's the, I, the, the silly thing about it is that, you know, how many years has it been since the first Twilight movie has come out? I don't care. Right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But people still remember The Lost Boys and they still remember Near Dark. It's like, no, Near Dark doesn't need to lower itself to that. <laughs> so Lost Boys only made $32 million. But it cost $8 million, so that's still healthily in the black. Well, and I think at the time it was Warner Brothers' um, highest grossing release to, to video. Huh. It came out. Oh, so it did really well on video. I yeah. See. Oh, shit. Near Dark. Cost $5 million, only made 3 That's too bad. Lame. Oh, that is lame. It's good. Good movie. Like it. <laughs> I mean, I guess everyone bounced back from it okay. Catherine Bigelow's been nominated for Oscars. And right. <laughs> all the other actors probably had pretty decent careers. I don't know. I don't know about the kid who played Homer, but... <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what ever happened to him. Well, he died. He burst into flames. He walked out of his house and just burst into flames. He got really into character. He turned into a vampire for the movie. <laughs> he committed. <laughs> His mom didn't like what that was all about, so she drove a stake through his little heart. <laughs> Must be in the deleted scenes. Oh, <laughs> uh, but I don't, I don't like Robert Patrick's hair in this either. <laughs> it's very floofy eighties. Yeah, it's not quite a mullet, but it's got that. I also don't like Corey Haim's hair. None, none of the hair in this. I'm digging. Mm. Jamie Gertz, Michael, is... Michael, <laughs> right. <laughs> I think Jamie Gertz and Diane Weiss are the, really the only ones that get away with it because yeah. Jamie Gertz's hair is naturally thick and long and yeah. brown and Diane Weiss just has a pixie. So. I was going to say, Diane Weiss's hair hasn't changed in 40 years. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> She's another one where, how old is she? I, right? Um, I don't know. I'm, I feel like she's, I would guess right now she'd probably be in her 70s. I think that's fair. She is 74. Oh. I win. <laughs> I win the movie. <laughs> so there. So that means back then, this was what, 30 years ago? 30 plus? Roughly, yeah. And then six, five. So she would have been either 40 or almost 40? She must have been like in her mid to late 30s. Well, she's 74 right now. This is 87. 87 to, two th or 87 to 2017. 80. So that's 30 years. <laughs> uh, then 2017 to 2020 is uh, three years. So she would have been 41. Oh. Yeah, roughly. I mean, they probably filmed it, you know, a year before or whatever. But regardless, she was there. She was 40 thereabouts. This uh, math lesson has been <laughs> taught to you by the American school system. <laughs> which took me five minutes to work out the math of... 30 years <laughs> minus three. <laughs> Still, you did. <laughs> you, hey, you got there faster than I was getting there. <laughs> I can't even blame the public school system either. I went to private school. 
pedigree. <laughs> the pedigree of not, <laughs> not being able to do math. Well, you know, you work with what you got. <laughs> oh, my goddamn mathematician? No. <laughs> I actually, I like the setup for this. I think Schumacher has an understanding yeah. of how to build tension, yeah, yeah, too. Yeah, for sure. So there's not a lot of jump scares in this movie. Well, it's a classic back and forth and the, whatever, the, the cutting back between the keep the tension rising and... <laughs> and I love how the door just shuts. Yes. <laughs> the little idiot playing in the bath. How old is he supposed to be? Because <laughs> he had to be like... 16 or something. I don't know what year he was born, but is he supposed to be like 10? Like, he, he acts like such a little kid sometimes. He does. And then, like, I don't know. It's it's weird. I want to say that he was like 13 when they filmed this. All right, let's do some more math. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so this was 87. Mm-hmm. Uh, where the fuck are you, Corey Haim? Corey Haim was born in 1971, so he'd have been 16. Okay, there you go. He died in 2010. I forgot. He was only 38 when he died. Fuck. That's crazy. Because yeah, he died between the two movies, the oh. sequels. What did he die of? Um, was it drug overdose? Uh, he burst into flames, walked oh, outside. Let me see. Come on. I, don't, I didn't think it was drug related, but who knows? Maybe it is. I don't know that much about Corey Haim. Ah, death. I think my son is dead. Okay, I don't want to hear about that. I just want to know how he died. That was, it says it appears to be accidental overdose, bottles containing Valium, Vicodin, Soma, and Haloperidol were retrieved. Marcia Hammond used illegal aliases to procure over 553 prescription pills in the 32 days before his death. Oh, my God. Having doctor shopped seven different physicians. Huh, wow, that's intense. Jeez. So, yeah, he had a pretty serious uh, prescription drug issue. Mm. It says he died of diffuse alveolar damage and pneumonia, together with hypertrophic cardiopathy. Omopathy and coronary arteriosclerosis ruled a natural death. What? How does somebody die naturally at thirty-eight? Uh, right. Oh, oh! It said that. Oh, so the drugs in his system—they uh, were not a significant contributing factor. Oh. So it was just some issue with his lungs. I mean, the alveolar damage is lungs and pneumonia affects your lungs so huh that's too bad poor guy but yeah he was only fucking 38 that's just i don't know why I, I assumed he was like in his 50s or something probably because Corey feldman looks like he's in his 50s and has for the last 10 15 years true true i think well i think Corey feldman is he's got to be like what 58 i don't think he's that old he is 49 oh, excuse yeah. me all right shut my mouth <clears throat> Those two guys, though, like, they they had such fucking rough lives, you know, like, just catapulted to fame at such a young age and just have the Hollywood machine chew them up and spit them out. Pretty like, much. I'm so sorry for both of them. And obviously, I mean, Corey Haim's dead, so, like, he didn't, he didn't even make, I mean, yeah, Haim. <laughs> He's dead, so he didn't, like, the poor guy didn't even recover from it, you know? No. 
Yeah, they, they did have a lot of fame and celebrity thrust upon them at an early age. And I think it was, well, yeah, all of them, when you watch the behind-the-scenes behind interviews, you know, they were all so young, and they said that the Santa Cruz, where they filmed it, like, the town just treated them like rock stars. Yeah. So there was a lot of partying, I guess. So I owe Tim Capello a... Uh, an apology. <laughs> was he playing this axe? Uh, Tim Capello, also credited as Timmy Capello, is an American multi-instrumentalist, composer, and vocalist. <laughs> <laughs> so he's actually uh, a musician. <laughs> I was, he worked with Ringo Starr and Tina Turner. Wow. And I'm giving him shit for not knowing how to play the saxophone. <laughs> Well, you're right. He probably was just sinking in that particular scene. Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> but just like, it didn't even look like he was. He was. Uh, didn't even look like he was playing it. You know, like it didn't look like he was. He knew how to act, how to play it, but he clearly does. <laughs> and he's 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 got the uh, whole spandex and chains and rhythmic hip thrust down. <laughs> <laughs> I love that they gave him his own his own <laughs> episode in the comic book series. Oh shit. He played the saxophone on, we don't need another hero. Really? Song from Thunderdome. Ah! We don't need another hero. <laughs> oh, oh, we can't sing too much of that or else we get sued or something. <laughs> <coughs> He's had quite the career. Yeah. Jesus. I feel bad for making fun of this guy. He was on Michelle Wolf's Netflix show in a segment called Saxophone Apologies. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. Wow. Way to, way, to, way to go, man. I completely turned around on Sax Man. Get it, Tim. Get it. <laughs> I'm glad I looked into that. You know what? It makes this whole movie all worth it for me now. <laughs> I gained an appreciation for somebody that I previously made fun of. See it in a whole new light. <laughs> the comic book. Oh, there it is. There's a, there was a variant cover of one of the issues there in the comics. <laughs> Just him playing away, being sexy as shit. <laughs> Good job, Tim. Make that '80s, early '90s saxophone money. I say you don't hear it in a lot of popular songs that much anymore. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I yeah. I, I, struggle to but that's not that's not my wheelhouse i'm not gonna <laughs> i'm not gonna try to figure that out <laughs> that's a that's another episode for <laughs> all i will say is yes you don't hear a lot of saxophone music in music these days unless you do in which case yes in fact you do hear a lot of saxophone music <laughs> in music these days depending on your tastes <laughs> hedge my bets so i'm always right <laughs> <laughs> there you go Look at that fucking car, Gramps. Right? I don't... What else has Bernard Hughes been in? Bernard? I don't know. <laughs> I, I... I, The name, again, like, I feel like he's one of those actors that you look up his... So it's funny. His name is Bernard Aloysius Kiernan Hughes, but he goes by Barnard Hughes. Goodness gracious. <laughs> That's a mouthful. Which is weird, because he literally, he goes by... His first name, but just with a different letter swapped in. Barnard. Bernard Barnard. Oh. Huh. 
born in New York. Okay. Uh, let's see. He's been in a lot of stuff. I don't think I've seen anything. Oh, he's in Tron. Oh, he was Gibbs in Tron. Oh, that's cool. Fuck, yeah, I know who he is. <laughs> Jesus. Arnard. There you are. Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit. Ah. Oh, yeah, and he was in Doc Hollywood. I think that's the first movie I saw him in. Is that the one with Michael J. Fox? Yeah. Okay. Do you know who did the cinematography for Doc Hollywood? I don't. Was it our... Oh, ha! Mr. Chapman. Michael Chapman. Hi, here. <laughs> what do you think about that? <laughs> it was technically a sequel to Lost Boys. <laughs> <laughs> technically. <laughs> Names were changed. <laughs> So, so, so I don't, oh, never mind. It's a fucking bat thing, whatever. That kite. They come and they terrorize him with their bikes. Oh my god, I'm losing interest in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is more enjoyable with the sound on. Yeah, I'm sure. How long is it? 47 minutes in. It's only 98 minutes. Okay, I can, I can make it. I can make it. <laughs> Hang in there. Hang in there. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you grief about this. Like we sat through two really yeah. crappy movies. <laughs> but see, the thing is, sometimes really crappy movies. There's a lot to talk about. You know, true. Jonah X again. I can spend hours talking about the differences between that movie and the scripts, <laughs> just because there's so like that's such a uh, fascinating mess. And this, I mean, I feel like what the writer, director, actors intended is on the screen. <laughs> You know, I mean, I, this this is what it's supposed to be. That's true. They made the movie they set out to make. Yeah. I cannot objectively fault this movie on almost any level. <laughs> just subjectively, it's just not my cup of tea, you know? like So because of that, I just don't have a lot to say about it. It's a, it's a you know, cult movie for a reason. <laughs> well, you know, let's count some, let's count some 80s tropes here. One is hair. 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 <laughs> hair. And right here we have, it seems like in every 80s movie of note, every love scene has to be slow motion. Yeah. And there has to be a song playing over yeah. the top and of it. And a camera pan through some like lacy curtains. Right. Yeah. And there is no actual sex. There's just a lot of slow motion kissing. Yeah. yeah. Like Top Gun, uh, Terminator. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we could think of that. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> Look at those lacy curtains. Right? <laughs> and fade to black. Vampire blue. Like, eh, 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 and I love you. <laughs> I'm glad they kept that part out. <laughs> Have you ever seen the movie MacGruber? No. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I know what you're talking about, but I haven't seen it. You need to see it. It's got one of two of the best sex scenes I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> one of which starts with MacGruber, so he gets shot. In the stomach, I think, and his like girlfriend is patching him up, and she goes to like, like they're like really close, and they're about to kiss. She goes to uh, uh, stitch him up, and he goes, "No, leave it. I love holes." <laughs> Cut to them fucking. <laughs> and it's the most uncomfortable looking sex scene ever because it's just him on top of her sweating profusely going eh, 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 eh. <laughs> <laughs> and Kristen Wiig is laying under him trying so hard not to laugh <laughs> she keeps turning her head and then you can see her come back and be like mm. 
<laughs> biting her lip to not laugh. And he goes, yeah, I'm, I'm going to fill you up. And she goes, I'm going to fill you up. And he goes, don't, don't, don't talk. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason I, the only association I have with that movie, well, I, I, I had only seen the end. I was at a friend's house and I came in at the end. And I, it's because that's the one where he like kills the bad guy several times, yes. right? Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, what are you watching? Yeah. Like, and so then that sex scene ends, and then about 15 seconds later, there's another sex scene oh <laughs> where MacGruber has sex with a ghost of his dead wife. <laughs> because, of course. Played by Maya Rudolph. <laughs> what? Man, why have, why have I not seen this movie? It is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. <laughs> I was trying to explain it to my friend Ethan one time about how fucking funny it was. And he's like, yeah, I'm sure it's okay. And so I watched it at my friend Bear's house with a few other people. Ethan at one point laughed so hard he got a bloody nose. Oh, really? Yeah. That's good. It's that kind of a movie. <laughs> All right, I'll bump it up to the top of the list. I, I have very few five-star comedies on uh, Letterboxd, <clears throat> but that's one of them. <laughs> I think that and Black Dynamite are like my only two five-star comedies. <laughs> It is high praise right yeah. there, for sure. Black Dynamite is definitely deserving. <laughs> so are there going to be vampires in this movie, or what's the... <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, where are they? This just hasn't been... A, like, that, I, I remember having this issue when I first watched it. Is that, like, there's a whole lot of, like, look at all the crazy things that we can do for five minutes, and then, like, family drama. <laughs> Shitload of family drama. And, well, why can't I play with those? I think those kids are... Fucking vampires. <laughs> Shut up, 12-year-old. It's not vampires. I'm going to go on a date with this guy who's not a vampire. <laughs> Fake out. No, um, vampires. <laughs> Cut to... What a cute doggy. Until he's not. I'll fucking kill you! <laughs> I'll eat you! He's <laughs> turning to Cujo. Right? <laughs> bad boy bad dog <laughs> that was a stunt woman that, oh it definitely was <laughs> yes yes That's it. I don't remember any of this I don't remember most of this movie to be honest I, just, <laughs> I remember the like the dinner party scene or not dinner party but whatever when when uh, Lorelai Gilmore's dad comes over for, uh, <laughs> for dinner <laughs> we're getting to that part soon the Dodge truck mascot comes over for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Although, you gotta hand it to the Frog Brothers. Like Joel Schumacher said, the, the Frog Brothers are his favorite characters yeah. from any of the movies he's made. Yeah, definitely iconic. Did you hear the, uh, the acting advice that he gave to Corey Feldman about how to play the character? Uh-uh. Um, he told play it good. <laughs> <laughs> Do a good job, you little bastard. <laughs> Do it right. And action. <laughs> don't cry. Don't you cry. <laughs> um, he said he told him to go out and rent just a shitload of Sylvester Stallone and Chuck Norris movies. Uh, and he's like, I want you to play the character exactly like, like that. Like a kid that watched too many Sylvester Stallone and Chuck Norris movies. Exactly. It's a good idea. <laughs> but so why, the Frog Brothers, they're, they're kids, right? They are, yeah. So why, do they own this store? What's going on here? Well, actually, earlier... Did the, they say it? <laughs> Earlier uh, in the movie, you see um, this man and this woman, like, passed out next to the TV, like, totally stoned and passed uh, out. Those are their parents. Gotcha. Yeah, they're just, like, 
Your parents are stoner hippies. They just run in the shop in mom and dad's absence. Pretty much. Pretty much. I'm a vampire. It does look a little bit pale and haggard. It's very twilighty. <laughs> <laughs> does he sparkle? No, he does not. Although, like I said in a previous Facebook post, I never thought it would come to defending movies by saying, you know, real vampires don't sparkle. They have blonde mullets. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Um, one thing I do like about this, though, is that... That's an 80s trope right there, too, by the way. What is? Tasting the the pasta sauce when you're cooking it. Is it really? With a big wooden spoon. Yeah, that's in, like, a hundred, like, 80s family comedies or whatever. (laughs) I guess I've just gotten so used to it that I haven't noticed it. (laughs) Needs more paprika or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever you put in your pasta sauce. Apparently garlic. Keep the vampires away. Yeah. Doesn't he invite him in, or does he not invite him in? What was the? He invites him in. Because uh, I thought, for some reason, I thought I remember him. Like they don't invite. Oh, never mind. Fuck it. <laughs> It'll come up. It'll yeah, come up. I remember it coming up, but I thought it was one of those like, like. Uh, okay, he doesn't invite him. I thought it was one of those where like, but you couldn't come in because we didn't invite you. And he's like, ah, oh, that's only fucking in bullshit. These are real <laughs> vampires. <clears throat> um, I, I knew it was addressed. I just couldn't remember how. Yeah. Um, Later on in the movie, he's like, you passed the test. And he's like, never invite a vampire into your house, you silly boy. It renders yeah. you powerless. <laughs> so like that. Have you ever seen Let the Right One In? Yes. I love that movie. You see like what happens when the when they walk in uninvited. <laughs> That's the freaky part. They did a good yeah. job with that. It's a really good movie. I did not like the remake. Neither did I. Like the part where she attacks people, you can totally tell that it's CGI. Oh, yeah, but I just... it. It was a weird, like, they truncated the story to the point where, um, they're, like, combining characters and shit, and I just didn't think it had a good flow. Mm-hmm. I also didn't like Cor- uh, Corey, um, Chloe Grace Moritz in that role. I like, in the original, uh, the vampire is, like, androgynous. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and in fact, in, I think in the book, it's a boy. Is it? Who had his, like, genitals cut off when he was a kid or something and Damn. and so yeah he's like stuck in this youthful androgynous whatever um whereas in the american version that's clearly chloe grace moritz you know like, she's practically a fucking model and like there's no <laughs> there's no <laughs> no accidentally thinking she's a boy or whatever exactly she's a cover girl in training yeah um i can't remember how the american one ended did it end I pretty much the same? I think it's basically the same. I remember Elias Koteas' character is vastly different between the two. Because in the original, it's just some dude at the diner that tries to kill him. Or tries to kill whatever, the vampire. And then in the, in the American version, it's like a cop tracking down the killer. Oh. And apparently that cop character is in the book, which it's based on. But both versions of the movies combine those two characters into one. And in the American one, they made it a cop. And in the the original one, they made it just a some dude. <clears throat> and I think it worked better as just some dude. Mm-hmm. Well, and the original one, I don't know. I just feel like that's one of those movies that didn't need to be remade. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Have you ever heard about the subtitle issues with the original? No. When it was released on DVD, the company that released it made new subtitles for it that don't make any fucking sense. <laughs> like, the, there's this one part where the dude that, like, the vamp, was the vampire named Ellie? 
Yeah. I think. Okay. So there's a scene where he gets caught and he pours acid on his face to kill himself. Mm-hmm. And in the movie, he sits there and he looks at the at the acid and he goes, Ellie. And then he kills himself. And in, in the new subtitle version, he sits there with the acid and he goes, Ellie. And the subtitle says, I'm caught. <laughs> and then he forced the acid. <laughs> and so the company got like just harangued by people online. Like, why the fuck did you do this? And so then they reissued the DVD with new subtitles, with the original subtitles put back on it. Their claim was like, well, we felt that the theatrical subtitles weren't clear enough in some scenes. And we wanted to, the best blah, 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 blah. Like, well, no, you, you, that's not right. You did it completely wrong. <laughs> well, and it just kind of falls in with the, uh, the idea that American audiences are stupid yeah. and they don't understand foreign films, so you need to explain everything to them. Yeah. See how this guy was caught? He has to say that he's caught. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an anime now. I'm not going to get it. <laughs> Let me narrate to you what I'm doing while I'm doing it. Here we go. Whoa. Hey, there's the titular Lost Boys. <laughs> Been gone for the last half an hour. <laughs> David Chuckles. <laughs> See, Star David? Star of David? <laughs> Jewish vampires. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be interesting to... Well, you know, if I was going to say you should play a drinking game every time someone says Michael, but you would yeah. probably have alcohol poisoning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Halfway through. It's like Wizard Magazine back in the day, back in like the mid-90s, did a... Like, uh, they were talking about Star Wars. I don't even remember the context, but they had a Star Wars drinking game revolved around the character Ray Yeast, mm-hmm. who's an alien who's in Jabba's palace for like 10 seconds. And the drinking game is drink for every scene that Ray Yeast isn't in. Oh, God. <laughs> it's a good way to die. <laughs> totally blackout. <laughs> don't remember the movie or the experience at all. All right. Hey, did you notice this pinkish reddish reddish liquid that I'm drinking right now while watching this? I have. You know what this is? What is that? It's blood. <gasps> <laughs> I'm a vampire. <laughs> well, not until you make your first kill. Look at that. So we need to find the leader and kill him first. It's very involved. <laughs> it's like contact tracing for COVID. Who have you drank with in the past week? Really? Because it's been a lot. Like, I drink a lot. <laughs> it's like, uh-oh. <laughs> we might be in trouble. <laughs> no, so what, like, you know, COVID shut everything down in around here in, like, February. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't, I hadn't had, like, any alcohol between probably, like, the end of December and, oh, geez, I think mid-July. <laughs> I had, I had, like, a couple drinks uh, not going out. I think it was just a friend says. I don't know. I, I had some alcohol after not drinking anything for like six months and like two drinks and I had the worst fucking hangover of my life the next day. <laughs> was, that, was that when I came over to do the podcast? No. Oh, okay. That was just recently. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Although I haven't drank very much since July, so I'm sure my tolerance is still really fucking low, but it was just funny because like I, I've never been a huge drinker, but when I... I go out, I can handle a couple drinks. Mm-hmm. And uh, now, apparently I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Just lost that tolerance, huh? Two drinks in six months was far too much for my poor little body. <laughs> it's like, hello again. <clears throat> mm. It's a pretty good death scene. A little too much cutting, but not bad. I Well, yeah, I like it because it actually looks like uh, 
you know, it's not the sensitive I want to bite you yeah. neck. Like it looks it's like it savage. hurts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Another thing I, I also said this in a previous Facebook status when I was waxing poetically about this movie. Um, I pre with the exception of this scene, you get a lot of POV shots from the vampires point of yeah. view. And it reminds me of the, uh, shark attacks and jaws. Yeah. Yeah. Because they were trying to hide the animatronic Kiefer Sutherland that didn't work right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> looks pretty good in that shot, though, right there. It almost looks like a real person. <laughs> he does. He does. The blonde doesn't show up as much. <laughs> I don't know if the website's still around. There used to be this website. It probably still is. It's called Something Awful. It's like a comedy I've heard website. Of that. Yeah. They used to have this section called the Awful Movie Database, uh-huh. and it was just like fake movies with fake trivia like it was laid out exactly like the imdb but it just said like fake shit like just fake movies fake trivia. and one of my favorite ones was they did a movie called oh god it was like a remake of caddyshack or something like caddyshack this shack is whack or <laughs> i can't remember and under the trivia like they listed the cast and the cast was like larry the cable guy Lindsay lohan and under the under the trivia, it said, uh, oh, and Dakota Fanning. <laughs> and under the trivia, it said, one night, Dakota Fanning was left out in the rain and she spoiled. So they had to crack open a new one the next day for filming. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that website's still around. <laughs> it probably is. I, just, I used to love the Awful Movie Database. They have the funniest fucking IMDb trivia. <laughs> She's one of them. Yeah, I'm gonna hide in my blankie. <laughs> that is when, like, yeah, he goes to hide under his blanket. It's like, dude, <laughs> hide under his blankie after his bubble bath. And like, <laughs> again, I can't, I can't tell. It's like it's like they had two versions of the script, like one where he was eight and one where he was sixteen, and like somehow the pages got shifted around. <laughs> so half the time he's a little child, and half the time he's a teenager. <laughs> Well, it's interesting that you brought that up because, the, like, the original script, like, all the vampires were supposed to be, like, kids. Oh, yeah? Like, actual The Lost Boys. That would have been a lot more interesting to me. Oh, it would have been a different movie. Yeah, definitely. But it just would have been, there's something to me that's very off-putting about, like, child killers. True. And I think that would have been way more interesting than, you know, surly-looking teens <laughs> <laughs> wearing all leather and with their, with their mullety hair. One ear pierced. Yeah. <laughs> It's just like, you know, you're, you expect to have a dangerous-looking person do something dangerous. True, true, true. <laughs> it's an innocent little kid that tears your throat out. It's going to hit you a lot harder. Yeah, well, that's a good point. And I don't, I don't know exactly what the original script consisted of, so I don't know if it was supposed to be, like, lighter, funnier affair, or if they actually kept some of the more dramatic bloodletting. Um... I can't remember the name of the studio exec that Schumacher met with, but uh, he offered Schumacher this movie. And and being the sweet guy that he was, he was like, yeah, looking back on it, he was like, I was kind of like a condescending jerk. Because he was like, what is it? Is it like a a kitty vampire movie? (laughs) he, He said that the studio exec was like pissed at him. Like you could tell that he was angry. He was like, read it anyway. Frog Brothers, ready for battle. Well, that's what makes these guys so great, is that they don't think they're funny. Yeah. Like, they're giving a serious reading. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) 
And as you go through the movie, too, like, they make themselves out to be such experts. Um, but the way they go about things and the st- things they say as it goes on, it's like, yeah, you guys have never seen a fucking vampire, yeah. have you? <laughs> like, you're just kids who read the comic and you think, like, this is your destiny to do this. Why does he have, like, a fucking spiked pole there? Do you see that? Spiked post. Yeah, but I've never seen a fence post that spiky. It looks like it was <laughs> intentionally made to impale people. <laughs> well, he does live in Santa Carla, and there's a lot of vampires. So. That's, yeah, that's pretty... <laughs> I've heard that there's a lot of lost boys in that area. <laughs> you got to set up a perimeter. Uh, okay, like, what's your favorite vampire movie, if you had to pick? Would it be I in the dark? No, I don't know. Probably not. Um, I don't know. I like a lot of different ones. I really like... I really like Interview with a Vampire. Uh, I really like... Have you ever seen Shadow of the Vampire? About the making of Nosferatu. Yes, yes. With John Malkovich yeah. and Willem Dafoe. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I like Three Days of Night. Uh, I... Oh, I haven't seen that one in a long time. Yeah, that was good. good. Watch it recently. It's, it's there's uh, some like stupidly dark scenes in it, <laughs> which I mean, I guess it makes sense. in fucking Three Days of Night, you know. <laughs> but uh, it's hard to see dark scenes. Uh, I also. I really liked Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula. That's a gorgeous movie. Yeah. Another like, another miscast Keanu Reeves role, but <laughs> it's fine. He's not the worst in the world in it. He tries. <clears throat> yeah. He does. And then, I don't know, what else? What have I watched? What have I watched for horror movies this month? You've watched quite a bit, haven't you? Yep. I'm doing the whole October one horror movie a day thing. Oh, well done. So let's see if I've done any vampire movies. What's your horror movie for today? Because I'm guessing this is not going to count. Lost you. Boys. <laughs> We're watching Lost Boys. Okay. I'm sure I'll watch something else later. <laughs> I typically, on like days off, I get through two or three movies. So <laughs> <laughs> ah, I can't. It's not coming up. Okay, let's see. Near Dark, The Void, not a vampire movie. Angel Heart, not a vampire movie. Slowly, not a vampire movie. I haven't watched any vampire movies yet this month. Oh, you might be due. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. I'm having trouble thinking of any more right now. So I honestly... Um, uh, a classic that I haven't watched yet, but I have it on my HBO Max list, is... Uh, vam- is it Vampire or va- Vampire? V A M P Y R. The like the old one. Like yeah. The, the Le Vampire. Made in 1932. Yeah. I think. About is that the one about Erna Vep? Oh, wait, no, that one's not about actually about vampires. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> There's a vampire movie that I'm thinking of called Le Vampire from like the 1920s that uh, is about I think it's about like thieves or something. <laughs> oh. Huh. But it's not actually about vampires. That? Yeah, that one. Yeah, I don't know. Never seen it. <clears throat> 1932. You know, I, a couple of years ago, I watched, uh, what's his name? The Bela Lugosi Dracula movie. Oh, yeah? And, I don't know, it just kind of bored me. <laughs> I mean, like, movie conventions are so different now than they were. You know, like, just the conventions of storytelling right. were very different. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I can understand why it was scary back in the day, but I don't know, it just didn't, didn't grip me. Me neither. I, when I finally got around to watching it, because I figured, you know, you got to watch 
Bela Lugosi's Dracula. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is it is kind of stilted a little bit. Oh, here we go. And it's also not the best adaptation of the story. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Oh, all right. Gonna get down to some juicy parts. Good night, blood sucker. No, Bill. <laughs> we hardly knew ye. And this must. When did Bill and Ted come out? Oh, 90, 89, something like that. Yeah, so definitely after this. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it was after this. I feel like if it wasn't after this, he would have had a way bigger role. <laughs> True. That's like if point. Bill and Ted came first, then then fucking Winters there would be the lead. <laughs> he would have a more a longer speaking part, I should say. <laughs> Keanu, he and Keanu Reeves would play the Frog Brothers. They <laughs> <laughs> probably would, yeah. I wonder who did the makeup for this, because the makeup is good. Yeah, it is. I have no idea. Those Darth Maul eyes. <laughs> Darth Maul eyes. David did it first. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a pretty weak vampire. I would have assumed he would just tear that kid's leg off. <laughs> that would be a pretty good piece of gore. <laughs> Comes unattached completely. Do you know why vampires burn in daylight? Why? Where did that lore come from? Uh, the movie Nosferatu. Before then, that was not in the lore at all. Um, in Dracula, he doesn't go out in... I mean, in the novel Dracula, he doesn't go out in daylight because it weakens him. Like, the daylight weakens vampires, but they can still be out in it. They're basically like regular humans in daylight. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Nosferatu, which is an unauthorized adaptation of Dracula, directed by F.W. Murnau, I think? Yeah. I know, it was like 1922 or something. But... Uh, Film was a revolutionary new technology back then, and they wanted something more visual for the ending defeat of Dracula. And they decided, like they decided on, since film is so dependent on light, what if light was the hero in the end? You know, light is the thing that destroys the vampire. So they concocted the idea that that the sunlight doesn't just weaken him, like it actually kills him. Puff of smoke. So they had the sun, the sunrise shine on Nosferatu, and he, or it's not Nosferatu, his name is uh, Orlok, shine on him, and he puffs away in the end. And ever since then, that's just become a convention of uh, vampire lore. That's, well, there you go. You see, you can reinvent it. Yeah. <laughs> you know the rule about filling up the car with gas. You take it out without asking. Well, now you do. His fucking vampires, Pops. <laughs> Don't you know? <laughs> you don't see this viscera all over us? <laughs> right. What do you think this is? <laughs> we didn't just birth a calf. <laughs> <laughs> out in the fields. <laughs> Had to reach up in there to pull it out. Oh, I just found out a piece of trivia last night that I thought was interesting. Uh, Jason Patrick's dad is Jason Miller. Really? Yeah. From uh, The Exorcist? Yeah. I'll be damned. That's what I said. I was like, oh! He's in three Exorcist movies. Because he's an Exorcist. And he's in Exorcist 3 as the killer. Uh, but then he's also in The Ninth Configuration. Which is a William Peter Blatty story that, that William Peter Blatty directed. <clears throat> that stars Stacey Keach and um, uh, uh, Scott Wilson. And it's based on a William Peter Blatty story called 
Twinkle Twinkle Killer Cane. <laughs> There's a title. <laughs> and uh, so it's it's a spinoff of The Exorcist. Oh. Do you remember that scene in The Exorcist when they're having the dinner party and Reagan comes out and pisses on the floor? Yeah. And she looks at that guy who's an astronaut and she says, you're going to die up there. That's right. That character is Scott Wilson in, in Night Configuration. He plays that astronaut and he's about to go into space and what... Reagan told him, like, fucks him up so bad that he aborts the launch, and he ends up going to a mental asylum. Oh, wow. <clears throat> He's not the main character of this story. He's just, like, one of the side characters. But uh, Jason Miller plays one of the one of the asylum, I don't know, one of the people in the asylum in that movie. Huh. This dude that's, like, obsessed with teaching dogs Shakespeare, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so I t- is, is Did that... I just make that up, or is that actually in the movie? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of hope it is in the movie. <laughs> But it's a really good movie. It's got a really cool cover. Like, the poster of the movie is the astronaut on the moon staring at a crucifix. Like, a giant life-size crucifix on the moon. Oh, weirdness. Yeah. I remember my friend Bear said that he only ever watched that movie because he saw that poster and was like, I don't know what the fuck that is, but I have to find out. <laughs> I must know. So, so who was the main character then? Was it? It's Stacey Keach. Oh, okay. Killer Kane. That's not a very good poster. A Twinkle Twinkle Killer Kane. This is the, the book is named. It's weird. It certainly is a memorable title. Yeah, Stacy Keach, Scott Wilson, Ed, uh, sorry, Jason Miller, Ed Flanders. If there's anyone else of note. <clears throat> but I gotta find the, the poster because it's really cool. Is it like more like a photograph or is it an illustration? I think it's a photograph. It was re-released on Blu-ray not too long ago. It's got a really shitty Blu-ray cover now. I need to find the original. I have all of the other Exorcist movies. There it is. Oh, there it is. Oh, that's eerie. Yeah. That's eerie as hell. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I kind of feel compelled to watch that now, too. It's like a really weird movie. And it's not really supernatural at all. Um, it's a bit like, you ever see Shutter Island? Yeah. Reminds me a bit of that. Oh, okay. Oh. So, there's fucking vampires or something? What's going on in this movie? <laughs> have, they, have they killed the vampires yet? <laughs> Did the vampires win? I don't remember. <laughs> Maybe, but not. Maybe. One down, three to go. Or, I should say, four to go. Yeah, um... <laughs> Although it's it's a yeah, look at that look at that the fucking <laughs> the tide moves backwards <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> um, yeah, one thing I always like because I saw this movie when I was a kid and I loved it then and I love it now. But even as a kid, like the part where they they wake up and they fly off to get them, I was like, Did they put their shoes on on their little vampire feet. <laughs> <laughs> the vampire shoes. <laughs> And that, that right there, the shot of that table yeah. with the neon light in the back is so 80s. And those wine glasses, look at that. <laughs> and that jukebox. Yeah. And the cheetah print yeah, chair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. Just, it's a smorgasbord for the eyes. Those wine glasses look like something the neighbors would drink out of in Christmas Vacation. <laughs> you know, what's her yeah. name? Uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus and her husband in that movie. Yes. Just the, the, the most yuppies to ever yuppie. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
That is an oft-repeated line in my family. Why is the carpet so wet, Todd? I don't know, Margot. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the actor that played her husband? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right? Neither do I. I remember her, but... Hey, uh, hey, Griswold, it's a pretty big tree you got there. Like, where, where are you planning on putting it? Why don't you bend over and I'll show you. <laughs> you got a lot of nerve talking to me like that, Griswold. I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> and then they both just look at each other. Right. Well, and that's the thing. is, like he's talking to his wife and, like, he doesn't say anything after that. Like, oh, oh. Like, he just said that to your wife. <laughs> that's just the best put down ever. Just, I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> That's pretty good. Oh, one thing I, I was going to bring up. One of the only, or well, I guess one of the biggest memories I have of this movie, uh, Lost Boys, the actual movie that we're watching, <laughs> and not one of the 15 others that I've been talking about, uh, is not even, doesn't have anything to do with this, but and, uh, from the movie Reservoir Dogs. Really? Have you seen Reservoir Dogs? Yeah. So Tim Roth, who plays Mr. Orange, there's an extended flashback in Reservoir Dogs where it shows him preparing to infiltrate the gang and he has to learn that speech, that, like, amusing anecdote, his partner calls it. Um, And there's a part where he talks about being a drug dealer and people are constantly hitting him up for drugs because it's so hard to find or whatever. And he's like, they come up to me in the movie store and they're like, hey, you got a gram on you? And he says, he, he says, and I'm like, motherfucker, I'm trying to rent Lost Boys. <laughs> oh, my God. And the way he says it, so, you know, Tim Roth is British. He's playing an American cop in that movie. And he does a pretty good job with the accent. But the way he says that line, his accent bursts through so badly. He's like, motherfucker, I'm trying to watch the Lost Boys. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't remember that part, but it makes it so much better Little Lord Fauntleroy. <laughs> I'd be trying to watch the Lost Boys. <laughs> oh, Tim Roth. Oi, Gav, trying to watch the Lost Boys, I hear. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> it's a very foreign film. That was more Irish. I can't do a British accent. I'm just scattershot. <laughs> doing whatever. Again, it's the old college effort. Is he dead? Is he? Is he? It's <laughs> <laughs> like Jonah Hex face. And it Look is. <laughs> very, uh, very gooey. Very gooey. Yeah. It's got a smell just awful. <laughs> <laughs> right? There's a little part here where his... It's oh, coming. yeah. Shoots out of the... <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. We can... <laughs> and just... Dis- That's a bit much. <laughs> destroys, destroys all the... The uh, water system yeah, in that house. <laughs> vampire plumbing! <laughs> you know, when they go out, they go out big, apparently. <laughs> I Mike, can't... Mike, 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 Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Have another drink, or don't. No. You know what that lamp's made out of? <laughs> I bet you're going to tell Skin. me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, his grandpa is a taxidermist. Yeah, shit, it probably is. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking grandpa's Ed Gein. <laughs> Very gentler, kinder Ed Gein. <laughs> no, let me go. I have to get back to my third grade class. <laughs> However old he is. Hey, that's like the Squirt Guns and Zombie Ate, Zombies Ate My Neighbors. I haven't seen video, that one. It's a video game. <laughs> oh. It's an old, uh, like, Nintendo video game where you run around as two kids... 
with squirt guns. <laughs> and kill zombies? Yeah. Pretty sure it's those. They have like little oozy squirt guns like that. <laughs> Show me the fucking kids. Oh, there's a little squirt gun right there. Oh my goodness. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> squirt guns. Like you do. So. <laughs> One year, my friends have... Oh, there we go. I never got to play this. My friends uh, have... I've got these, these two friends of mine, Mark and Bryn. They have a big Halloween party every year. It's always themed. Mm-hmm. And about five years ago or so, the theme was Zombies. It was longer than that. It was like eight years ago. <laughs> the thing was zombies, so you could come as like some zombie. And my, my friend Glenn and his wife, Rachel, came as the two main characters from Zombies Ain't My Neighbors. Oh! <laughs> I bet they looked awesome. They seem like the type that would put a lot of effort into yeah. it. Yeah. For the hair, because the, the kid, the boy in that game has like spiky blonde hair. <laughs> um, I actually helped Glenn with this. I found him a, you know, Syndrome from The Incredibles. Yeah. Kind of like a syndrome mask that was literally just the top of the head. <laughs> and so Glenn took that and like cut off the part, like the scalp part, and then spray painted it yellow. So oh, it, it looked perfect. And we had 3D <laughs> glasses and they both had the squirt guns. What were you? I was Barry Burton from Resident Evil. Oh, all right then. It's my favorite Resident Evil character. <laughs> Is it from the first movie? Uh, no, it's from the games. Oh, from the games. Oh, excuse me. He's you. in one of the movies though. There's, that's Barry. Yeah. For the Stars members. I've never played the games before. He's in, where is he? He's played by, oh, there he's in the first game. <laughs> when they had live action scenes. God, mm-hmm. these are terrible. Um, <laughs> he's played by somebody famous in the movie. I can't think of it. Kevin Durand played him in the movie. Oh, cool. In, I think the fourth movie. Kevin Durand? Yeah, Kevin Durand. Uh, played him in Resident Evil 4 or 5 or fucking one of those things. Kevin Durant. There he is. Gold gun. He is a... Oh, I feel a is coming on. Excuse me. Oh no. There we go. Achoo! One more. We're done. Um, yeah, he's another act, a good character actor that... It's, I can't remember everything I've seen him in, but when I see him, it's like, oh, it's a joy to see you again, sir. Good for you. Right? <laughs> Glad to see you still working. Yeah. Anyway, I made a Barry costume and got a big fucking airsoft gun for his revolver. <laughs> <laughs> Barry, Barry's revolver in the game is a... The first game was a Colt Python, and I think they changed it for the remakes, but it's just gigantic. That's a monster. Look at that thing. It can take off zombies' heads in one shot in the game once you get it. Helpful, I imagine. Yeah, probably. <laughs> oh. oh, they're flying and fighting now. <laughs> See, vampire stuff. Yeah. It finally happened. <laughs> uh. Well, and Kiefer Sutherland and Schumacher went on to have a long and glorious career together. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, what's it called? Uh, Flatliners, obviously. Um... Yeah, uh, Time to Kill. Oh, yeah, that's right. And uh, well, there's another one. Batman and Robin. He no. played Batman's codpiece. Yeah. <laughs> he's a good character actor, but I feel like even that. <laughs> oh, no, he's dead. Phone booth. Phone booth, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he 
<laughs> mostly a vocal role in that. But yeah. Yeah, I think at the end we see seen that. Yeah, you see him briefly at the end. He's on the DVD poster though, like the DVD cover. Is he? They put him on there. Yeah. <laughs> oh goodness. Which kind of spoils the reveal at the ending when they when they show him because they show him at the end after you think the guy's already dead. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it's dumb. Like, it takes away from it a wee bit. I haven't seen that movie since the theaters. I think it was good. Yeah, me too. I thought it was good too, but it has been a while. Has been a little while. Ah, death by taxidermy. We've all been there. <laughs> really messes up your week. <laughs> Big old sigh. Waiting for a leaf, and it's not Michael. happening. <laughs> I want to hear her say, Michael. <laughs> In that baritone. Mike! Michael. <laughs> Look at that, just back and forth. Uh oh. Mike! <laughs> In case you forgot what his name is in this movie, someone will come along and remind you. It's all good. So yeah, that's the thing. They think that uh, David was the lead vampire, but dun dun dun, there is one more. Who it could was be? Diane Weiss the whole time. Michael. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a hell of a twist. Like mom. I'll handle mom. Don't let her see the bodies. <laughs> <laughs> There's like charred vampire. <laughs> the kitchen is There's covered that in blood. Red lighting. I was talking about, by the way. There it is. Yeah. Looks like a Nicholas Winding Refn movie. It kind of does, now that you mention it. Aww. His, shape, his face got unshaven and, uh, or shaven. <laughs> he's, he's... He's just a smooth little baby boy. He's innocent <laughs> again. Before he became a leather-wearing, mullet-sporting bloodsucker. Michael! <laughs> Here we go. Edward. Misbehaved. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um. And that's, well, that's the thing, like about the lighting, like we were saying earlier. There's if your movie is good and you can see what's going on, there's you can allow for so many excuses for why is that red lighting there? It's like yeah. okay, I don't really care. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's a tone yeah. setting thing. Exactly. And I mean, technically, within the context of the movie. Blood just got sprayed everywhere, so it probably coated the lights. <laughs> you could go with that. Absolutely. But I feel like like setting the mood is more important than logically addressing the lighting anyway. Oh, no, it <laughs> is, but I mean, like when you're watching a bad movie, like yeah, that's true. Hex, yeah, yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, why is it so dark? <laughs> I can't see anything, and I want to. Oh yes, just like one big happy family. And see, I love that though. It's like, where is the breeze coming from? Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't didn't they the vampires crash in through the roof or something? <laughs> yeah, it came down the chimney. Oh, did they? I think yeah. they would flew through the wall or the roof or something. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Rawr! It's me, Michael. <laughs> Michael. <laughs> Michael. No. Oh. Whoa. <laughs> it's gotta be like half the dialogue in this movie is someone addressing Michael um, yeah I think so I wouldn't be surprised like if you did a, a counter it's probably 
Oh, into the hundreds, I would say. <laughs> mm. What a toss-up. Let me eat you or I'll eat your kids. It's fine. We'll just all be vampires, Mom. <laughs> the blood-sucking Brady Bunch, right? Yeah. It's all good. Michael! <laughs> <laughs> Whoops, wrong kid! <laughs> Sam? Michael? Lucy! <laughs> and this is, why, this is why you have pointed fence posts oh, right yeah. here. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Of course. <laughs> why would I think otherwise? <laughs> that plot device has to come in there eventually. It's uh, Chekhov's pointed fence post. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows if you show a pointed fence post... In the first act, it has to impale a vampire by the third. <laughs> Someone's going to get impaled. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so that, that reminds me, though. Have you ever seen the movie Paranormal Activity? Yes. So that movie was re-edited at the last minute to make it into a franchise. Really? And the, the first time I watched it, there's some obvious foreshadowing with a knife early on in the movie. Really? I... And then the knife never comes back. In the original version, it does. And the character is killed by that, with that knife at the end. Oh, gosh. But I remember sitting there watching it the first time. There's a part where a guy's talking about, like, he's holding the knife and he's just talking. And he's making, like, wild hand gestures with it. And then there's another scene, like, a few minutes later, where the camera, like, lingers on the knife in, like, a knife holder. And I remember thinking, that's going to be important. And then when the movie ends, it's like, what the fuck? What's with the knife fake out? And it turns out it originally was in the ending. Like, you just pissed all over Chekhov's gun, you assholes. <laughs> Not knowing how to make a fucking movie. Well, it sounds like that was a wildly different movie than yeah. what came to the screen, perhaps. Well, it was just the last few minutes was different. Oh. But, like, it's just, like, that's, uh... Like, there are... There's a language of cinema. <laughs> 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 to, to dismiss it or to, you know, uh, ignore it is, is, like, that's that's wrong. You don't do that. It's lazy. You don't set something up to then ignore it later because I would really like to have a sequel. <laughs> we fucking cut out the knife scene earlier. And to be honest, like I barely remember anything from the original. I've seen, I think, all of them. I don't know. How many are there now? I don't know. Fucking Baker's dozen. <laughs> <laughs> six, five or six, probably. I don't know. I didn't. They were fine. Like I, I watched them and didn't hate them, but they didn't really. You don't blow my skirt up. I remember the first one only because um, it was, I saw it on a, a bad date, a really bad date. My date was super drunk and super annoying throughout the movie. Nice. And, That's fun. <laughs> and, and when we left someone, um, he, he pissed the people off behind us and someone threw like a, a, a pop at us. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't have fond memories of that movie. Hey, the movie's over, by the way. <laughs> but I do have fond memories of this movie. Yes, the end. Nanook was played by Cody. Cody. Oh, and Thorn was Folsom. Yeah. Cody. <laughs> have you ever seen, uh... Oh, Frisky Dingo. Frisky Dingo? <laughs> yeah, have you seen no. that show? It was an adult swim show. And it was about this superhero named Awesome X. And his nemesis, this alien named Killface. Killface. And literally, like, as they were making the pilot, the creators were like, Killface is way more funny than Awesome X. So they just, like, shifted the focus of the show, like, mid-pilot to Killface. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he's this really great, like, over-the-top villain. And then Awesome X is, like, a funny 
pseudo Batman. But regardless, there's a character like this is a really fucking long story for no reason. But there's this character in a, the second season, I think, who's this like ATF agent or something named Wendell, and he's always talking about his ex partner named Cody. Cody. And uh, he's always like, I'm doing it for Cody because <laughs> like his his partner died. And then, like, there's a scene where there's a flashback to the day his partner died, and it's just a resetting of the final shootout from the movie True Romance. <laughs> and there's this dude, like, bleeding on the ground. He's like, I'm bleeding! I need you to call me an ambulance! And it cuts to Wendell, like, standing over him, and he goes, I'll call you hearse! And then he shoots him in the head. And then you see, like, Cody walk into frame. He's like, what the hell are you doing? Why are you, what, what, what are you doing with my gun? And he throws it at him, and he's like, you're going down for this, Cody. You're a loose cannon. <laughs> that sounds absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that, that's like the most logical that show gets. Like it's, <laughs> it's incredibly ridiculous. And it's fucking awesome. I have the whole series on DVD. There was also a spinoff called The Exticles. The Exticles? Yeah. Do the, tell. The Exticles eventually become The Decepticles. <laughs> <laughs> the Exticles were Awesome X's like sidekicks. They were these like robot power armor dudes. <laughs> and they got their own spinoff and it, I think it lasted like three episodes. Oh, last. I just remember there was a villain in it named Rapier Ape. Rapier Ape? Yeah, who was like a, like a uh, musketeer, you know? <laughs> rapier. Oh, and he had a, but he had like an ape face and they all called him Rape Ape. <laughs> <laughs> Rape Ape. And he kept, kept having to correct them. <laughs> <laughs> that is not my name. <laughs> That's fantastic. Found by Roger Daltrey. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that was written by Elton John. Or did I? I don't know. <laughs> you probably did. You've definitely heard it before. Hey, I still believe by Tim Capello. Okay. Saxman. Saxman. Pectoral Saxman. Mm. <sighs> hey, Red DMC. <laughs> I would encourage you to watch it again with the sound on. We don't have to make commentary about it. Is that going to change it that much, really? (laughs) (laughs) It's not like I'm new to this movie. I've seen it before. And again, like, not a whole lot. I mean, I remember the major beats from it, really. And I just, I think if there was less family shit, I'd like it better. But it's the family shit that that helps, you know, develop the characters. There's better ways to do it. <laughs> I just because it's called it's called Lost Boys. I want to see the Lost Boys. I want to see Diane Weist as a single mom trying to have dinner with you know t- tasting the <laughs> the marinara sauce on the wooden spoon. <laughs> well, now I feel like such a stereotype because that's how I taste my pasta sauce. How do you taste your pasta sauce? I don't make a lot of pasta sauce. <laughs> Oh, there you have it. No, I mean, I, I, it's, just, it's just one of those things that's not all movies. It doesn't matter. The point... <laughs> my point is, like, I don't, I don't necessarily dislike... Like, I have no real problems with this movie. It's just not my cup of tea. You just don't have the affinity for yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And I, I understand why people love it. I understand why it's popular. I think it's well-directed and, you know, decently written. And the acting's fine. It just didn't grab me. So because of that, it's a vertus slow for me. Oh. Well, fair I think, enough. I think that's my first Virtus Slow. I, th- I think it is. Mm-hmm. But if you think about it, it's an improvement from <laughs> where we were before. Yeah. We're going to stop. <laughs> oh, fucking Gen X. Yeah. We're going to do not pass go. 
All right, we done? We done. What was it for you? Was it for to go? Oh, definitely. Okay. Definitely. I oh, love this movie. excuse me all to hell. <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, okay, like and subscribe. Listen. Follow on Twitter, at Vertigo Voices. What was the uh, Instagram, what was it? Vertigo Voices. Oh, okay. And email, vertigovoices at gmail.com. Um, that's it. I don't know. Got nothing else to say. <laughs> Let us know what you think. Comment, do you love this movie? Do you think it's a Verta slow? Everyone loves this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like the only one who doesn't. <laughs> Well, I'm sure maybe there's others out there and you've, you've given them hope that it's okay to speak out against the majority. But I don't, I don't want to hear from them. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to hear people from people that don't like this movie. <laughs> well, comment or don't, but thank you for listening. <laughs> All right. Goodbye. See you later. Bye.